0: Generation under so much pressure How to a standard impossible to measure Without guys they suffer No father in sight uh, no love from their mother not the bend for the one in the mirror. Self-image distorted, can't get no clearer damn. Lost souls, devoured by the streets. Ain't no fairy tales or yellow bricks. Body feet, only crack vials and shell casings. Looking for hope, but they still waiting. And I implore you to never give up and like Pac said, uh. Keep your head up and win your back Up against the wall, keep your boots to the ground and stand tall. Hold on and be strong and go against all eyes, uh and keep your faith in God. Today we will be spotlighting YEA, which is the Youth Empowerment for Advancement Hangout. It was established in 2018 as a community-based nonprofit in Philadelphia that works with teens ages 13 and 19 who have witnessed or engaged in violence. YEA prioritizes working with teens after school and in the evenings focusing on community engagement, conflict resolution, and workshops that are applicable to the lives of Philadelphia teens. Rooted in the heart of West Philadelphia, EA aims to reduce community violence and street involvement among teens while also promoting empowerment and providing safe zones. Through peer-led conflict resolution and mediation services, psychoeducational Workshops and connections to community resources, and creating a space where youth are safe and empowered to be themselves, Yeah puts teens in the driver's seat of their lives and on the road to achieve the highest potential. If you would like to volunteer or donate, visit YeahPhilly.org.
1: Welcome to the Liberated Mind Show. Uh, today we have a special guest, Wale. Uh, he's our on site personnel out there in Oakland, California, uh, giving us, you know, what's going on in the streets.
0: All right, Thanks, Kay. Um, today, we'll be discussing the uprising taking place across the nation and around the world. We'll also discuss uh, what exactly stand on cold means during these protests and also, um, you know, touch on the tough conversations that parents in our community must have with their children. All right, so let's um, jump right into the topic. Um, I wanna ask both of y'all, what does this uprising mean to you personally? Let me get that first or what? Yeah, you can get that Wally. <clears throat>
2: All right, um, to me it's a rising consciousness for the people uh, that understand the situation they're in and they get to the point where they're at the point pointing break and they're at the breaking point and that point is broken and they're expressing themselves to bring attention to people not just here uh, in this state or in this country, but others as well. I find that when I see videos from people in Ghana and people in London, they're protesting against the police, specifically saying, notice the key words, you killed our brother in America. The connection from Africans in Africa and connection to Africans in America, they call so-called African-Americans or black people, et cetera. I think that connection is getting a lot stronger, so I actually appreciate the connection is happening. So I think it's a, in ways, it could be beneficial. Definitely.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It, uh, I like the way you put that is as arising consciousness, because it is it is arising consciousness. That people are becoming aware of their surroundings and what's occurring today. Um, I think. Uh, I don't necessarily know if this is that tipping point, but it it is progress as far as it goes further than just praying and sitting back and praying on it, allowing God to take care of it, how we usually do. I think the people of you know, they're getting fed up. I don't think we're totally fed up. And when I say we, I say that as in Africans here in the diaspora and the motherland. We, we we still have a ways to go but it, at least this is this is a break from the norm where in a sense it's we're aware we're feeling the pain because you can't watch that video and not feel pain if if you're not feeling pain i don't believe you're human so yeah it is definitely um a wake-up call it, it is a rise and and consciousness is while I put it.
0: Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with both of y'all. I also believe that this will inspire a lot of people who've been with that uh, go along just to get along mentality. I think it will um, allow us to kind of, I guess, reprogram our minds to align better with what's best for us instead of going with what's the common theme and what people think will make them succeed or seem like they're succeeding in this country. So I think it's 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 definitely a good thing. A key point I look at is that I'm
2: noticing that people are starting to, you know, repeat a, a phrase that says, "I'm I'm not my I'm, I'm not my ancestors," in referencing the civil rights movement. Not to say it was a bad thing, but people are starting to, you know, come to the realization that turn the other cheek and not express themselves fully and not deciding to do things for themselves as the Panthers were doing in '66, uh, 1966, um, since they were doing those things, people are starting to recollect back to those type of philosophies, the do-for-self philosophy, namely the Honorable Marcus Garvey. So people are seeing that and they're reacting. I think the first reaction to seeing a knee on a brother's neck, I did not experiment at my house and I wanted to see what type of pressure you know what type of pressure? How would that feel? It's hard to replicate a pillow and reference a human entity, but this is what I did to 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 look at the at the the effect of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So I fold the
2: pillow in half, and I'm comment on the reaction of it. I fold the pillow in half. I weigh 165 pounds. I don't weigh that much. So I leaned on the pillow like I'm you know kneeling on, kneeling, kneeling on someone. I noticed that a lot of my weight was on my right knee. So once I relinquished that weight onto the pillow for about me, two, three minutes. Once I took my knee up, that print was in there for about 20 minutes afterwards. And I only weigh 165. So just wow. imagine that officer's weight on that person's neck. So that's very disturbing. So that's why I think that people are reacting to what they're reacting with anger first.
0: Yeah. John? Plus, um, the way that he was, when people think that he was just chilling with his hands in his pocket, No, it looks like he was pushing down on that leg to apply more pressure. Just he was just doing it to make it look like he was just having a good old time. But no, he was being real devious about it. Absolutely,
3: (laughs) I believe that's exactly why um, they upped those murder charges to second degree because just intent there. They went from third degree, which is supposedly manslaughter, and that second degree is there was intent to murder that man. And like, like Wally just pointed out with that experiment on the pillow. A pillow is made mainly of polyester and cotton. That, um, that artery on the side of our neck is softer than that. So it, that indication took 20 minutes to come down, you're applying that pressure to a main artery in the body. That's cutting on any type of um, blood supply to the body. And that's what caused that man Karen. And now they, another thing they, they sit up there and they talk about, um, I think I saw a report talking about, oh, he died from these, all these, you know, all these random autopsy people they get to do, talking about, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't an in indirect correlation of what that police officer did. We always hear this story, but um, we know, had that man not encountered that cop, I'm willing to bet any amount that man, uh, oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Mr. Um, Floyd would have been back home that night. We wouldn't even be having this discussion. So it is a, a direct correlation with the need to the neck, suffocating that man's brain, oxygen to that man's brain. Bottom line.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so um, I mean we're all in, in agreement that this uprising seems like a definitely a definite good thing for our community, um it also seems vastly different from others that we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, why do you think that is? That's to me. Yeah, you can take it if you want. <clears throat>
2: um, I think it's different because it's a, lot of, um, inv- it's a lot of involvement from different people that have different agendas. For example, on the news they're showing the pictures being painted, people are looting it frustrates me that people are more concerned about somebody stealing something than a person that has been murdered live on television, live, live recorded, broad daylight. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is different than uh, other protests that's happened here that I've been involved in at, uh, in Oakland, California, which is the Oscar Grant one and the whole entire Occupy Oakland thing. This one is different. This one, we're actually seeing stones, bricks stacked throughout the city in places in which is no construction, so noticing that I'm thinking, where are these? Why are these here? Then I started to notice that skids of bricks, the ones they use to build uh as the foundation, well the, the decoration layer, the outer layer of the uh, brownstone homes, such in like New York and Philadelphia and stuff of that nature, like that, those are placed a skid, an entire skid are placed in different areas. So that those things are being put there to incite people that's not even from where I, where I'm living now in, in Oakland, and they're putting them there, and people are coming there and just using to destroy things And our community, the Black communities. As here, are gonna have to suffer from that, and they're the ones gonna be blamed for it. So this is different. It's way more agents involved in this. So it's uh, it's, it's sometimes something's going on. It's different.
3: Yeah. So that, along with people being home
1: in this quarantine, people saying, "You know what? I got nothing else to do." Before my excuse would be like, "Well, I got work. That's why I can't go out there and walk with these people and show our support, show my support." I think that is a big contributor as to why we're seeing the uh, crowds throughout the whole the whole world, essentially. Why these people are going out there demanding justice for this man? It's like you know what? What's all this about? We can't even live. We already we already unemployed. So now we can't even live. The the most basic thing, without somebody hunting us down. So I think all of that, leads up to this. That's how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and this one seems like it's um more than just a trend for the people that's really, really involved in it, not just the agents and all that, but it seems like it's more than just I'm doing this because it's a trend. It's a lot of people that's passionate about this because like you said, they've reached the limit and they don't want to keep seeing this anymore. Like, like you said, it was back to back. It was, it was a Then it was Breonna Taylor. And then it was uh George Floyd. It was like, those things is right back to back. And it's like, I think it was like a tipping point where it's like, all right, we can't just no longer like turn the other cheek and just like try to act like it's not affecting me. It is. It's always been affecting all of us, but I don't think that people can just ignore it. It's it's beyond that now. Like you can't, that it's not enough social conditioning in the world for you to just keep ignoring something just because it's not at your doorstep.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think that that's a cowardly mentality that people have when they say, as long as it doesn't affect me directly, I don't care. When inadvertently it affects us all. Some just a little more than others. So that being said, um, I think that when I look at the entire situation about what's happening with the protests and why, I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that people actually aren't acknowledging the fact that someone was murdered in broad daylight with witnesses knowing that they're being recorded because they noticed that there's no consequences or repercussions for them. So that's why they do what they do. So that, that's, that's one of the disturbing parts about it. The other disturbing part about it is that it puts the community in such a high risk when they see police officers, then there's no trust There's complete distrust. How can that be remedied other than uh, abolishing the system and rebuilding it? You know. So all they to me, you know, as people say, most of the time they believe half of the organization has just changed uniforms from white to blue.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, so that um brings brings us to a very important thing, and I've been seeing a lot of people off code this this like these past couple weeks how important is it for our people to stay on code especially during these times you said on code yeah cold. like not not speaking out against like the protests and uprising publicly like denouncing stuff publicly and letting like oh, okay. you know people people be like ah see i told you they they're even saying it
2: yeah exa- exactly exactly Okay, uh, you want to get that? Sure. Yeah, I, I
1: think it's I think it's bull because it's like you don't throw your your dirty laundry out there, and I say that in the sense of I see how how many Republicans don't share the same exact values as Donald Trump. No matter what he does, man, they stay on code. They'll deal with that behind closed doors, but they don't come out there and they don't condemn him publicly. So my thing is, we, we tend to have that um, that that forgiving gene to where we can forgive literally our enemies, but when it comes to us, we're, we're extra harsh or we just, we don't wanna, we wanna keep those, I'm gonna just say it straight up. A lot of people don't, a lot of people say what they say it's because they're concerned about what their white friends um, would feel or how their white friends would take what they're saying. Case in point, I've seen posts where um, people are like, yeah, uh, all my white friends, uh, I know that's not you. It's literally directed towards Caucasians to where they're they're more concerned about hurting the feelings of their Caucasian friends. If it don't apply, let it fly. That's always been my philosophy. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about a racist, and a bigot, if your friend feels you talking about them, that's that's what they are, bottom line. So for you to sit up there and point out uh, characteristic flaws in a dead man, which, like like I said before, I've seen articles that say, oh, his background, you don't know, he was A, B, and C. But my point is, that same background that you're applying to him, who's no longer here, why isn't it applied to the cop who had a lengthy background? when it came to um, misconduct and brutality amongst people, if that's the case, he should die in the same way. So my thing is you can't sit up there and say, Hey, yeah, yeah. you know what? He wasn't a perfect guy. Don't don't make this about him because you guys need to find a better person to fight for. Or with all this, yeah, you guys are doing that. But what about the property? What about the property? I don't see people complaining about, you know what? Literally hear people say, yeah, that was bad that that man died, but there's always the but. But um, why are people destroying property? Why can't it be the flip side? You know what? Yeah, that's messed up that they're messing property up. But why do they keep killing? That should be the real question. Exactly. How be rebuilt? You feel me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, people do need to stay on code when it comes to this because guess what? Tomorrow, it could be you or me. And I would want people to have my back 1,000%. And that's what people tend to forget. Like you pointed out before, Wally, people feel like if it doesn't directly affect them, it's not a problem. Like those people who sit up there and say, well, I'm not oppressed. I'm black. or well, I'm African. I'm not oppressed. I got my, my doctorate in this, or I got an MD license in this. Therefore, who's being oppressed in America? I did it. Everybody else can Listen, statistically speaking, you are in the minority. And that's what people tend to forget. And you can't make it all about yourself. Yeah, I may be doing well in life, but guess what? I know that my extended family isn't, that doesn't make me 100% happy. It's not about individualism. So that's, just, that's I don't, I, I can never fathom how someone can take that selfish approach.
2: The Honorable Marcus Garvey said, how could you wallow in wealth while your brother wallows in poverty? How could you live in such a fine condition and your sister suffers in all conditions, physically, mentally, and spiritually? That's what the Honorable Marcus Garvey said. Now, I I live on the same philosophy. I agree with you 2 million percent. I couldn't be in a position and feel free without my my people with me or helping make ways for people. I said it before. It's two different types of people in this aspect that I think. There's one person who will love to become famous so they can tell the entire world what they've done for them, what they've done for people. I'm the type of gentleman that's different. And it's another guy, which is the other guy. And the other guy is the guy that's going to disagree with both things I'm saying. So the other guy which is the first two is the person that would like to become famous so they can tell the world what the people have done for them to put them in that position. The third person will totally tear down both those and say, that's just one experience is not everybody. That type of cancer that they insert in that type of thinking, it, it divides people and make people not want to be, uh, get along with each other. Just like you said, as far as the, um, when you said that, Oh, it's always the spin it's always the, butt. They will say this, and then it will make sure the butt is bigger than what they said previously mm. to make it seem like, oh, it's not really not that important. Almost that they're saying that he
0: he deserved it.
2: Mm. Almost. <laughs> so it's just... It's
0: wild. Yeah, it's definitely crazy because um, I've heard a lot of people in our community using the whole black-on-black crime thing, and I'm like, people keep falling for the okie doke and it's like crime is not a racial thing it's by proximity so white on white crime exists too Asian on Asian crime exists it's just not pinpointed because there's no esoteric agenda pointed at those groups that make them seem like they're more violent they commit more crimes and everything like that so we as a people we can't fall for that and make them think that we're lesser than we're, we're more, uh, what's the the word they use now, thug, which is key word for nigger. You know what I'm saying? Like You can't fall for that. You can't fall for what the which media word? puts out there. Huh? Well,
2: what I, I apologize. Which word was it? Because fu- this was kind of freezing up and breaking up. I couldn't really understand. I apologize. Oh, uh, my
0: fault. No, I said um, they, they like to use the word thug. Which oh, okay, is, okay. Which is key like a code word for nigger these days.
2: Okay, okay.
0: So it's like our people seem like they just fall in line, and they they still mentality, like, "Oh, white people's ice is colder, so I'd rather buy their ice." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's crazy. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and going back to that um that what about black on black crime statement? Um. If correct me if I'm wrong, but that whole World War II issue with um Hitler and the so-called Jews over there, that they were putting in all those concentration camps and murdering?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Was, was that not, why don't they define that as white-on-white crime? That, well, let me that's sh- the biggest, the biggest infliction of white-on-white crime, but it's never referred to as that. They always can separate. When they had their Vikings and barbarians fighting one another, they never referred to it. Even historically, they'll say the holy crusades, they never, they <laughs> never, ever used the white on white crime. But when it comes to any time um, they want to deflect, because that's all it is, is a deflector. And you have people foolish enough to go and repeat it. Because I've never heard of an Asian on Asian crime, Latino <laughs> on Latino crime. So, like I said, when I hear that, I already know what I'm working with. And those are the type of people. Harriet Tubman said, Okay, I got you. you she take care of them. Get down to business. Yeah. I just I just had to interject
2: that. Now I I feel you 100 percent because that was a good example. Because it's a book that I read called The Sunflower. Is written by an SS man who was part of Hitler's regime, him and Eichmann. Mm-hmm. And he wrote his entire testimony about what was happening, who was who, and who was what. And I read it. And it's his direct testimony. Nothing changed. So the story is being told by him and is very clear. He points out that how they were k- literally killing each other the mm-hmm. entire time because they wanted to steal the wealth of the European Jews during that time in that area in Actuates. So they clearly say they actually organized to kill each other to try to steal it but they never talk about that during that time as well. These were European Jews as well that were doing this as well. Hmm. So they don't talk about these things. The book is called a Sunflower. flower. Read it.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's as a matter of fact, I do
2: one better than that. Hold on a
0: second.
1: Hey, <laughs> But yeah, it's a trip. It's a trip. And it's like, when we, like you said, you, you fall off code. Once you fall off code, you fall for anything else because it's, Essentially, you just repeat in talking points that that far right, we call them far right, but I'm just being politically correct. The far right uses is their tactics.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always
1: a, um, it's a diversion from the topic at hand, because guess what? Then people put emphasis on defending black on black crime to where you have to break down statistics. Everybody's going to become a, a statistician and an investigator to explain exactly how crime works. And like you said, it's all mm-hmm. about proximity.
2: I was going right right backwards. This is the book Sunflower.
1: The Sunflower Simon.
2: Okay. It's the book right here. You see it? Yeah. Yep. All right, cool. That's the book I was telling you about. Super cool. But they don't, t- they don't even talk about that. I apologize. I'm rough there.
1: Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, it's no. Not, you're fine. But, but since you promoted him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bad. Promote your man. Reality. Oh, yeah. Promote oh, yeah. him as far as what he's doing with the cleanup efforts, please. Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely,
2: definitely, definitely. My man, Reality Challenge Wallace Battle from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You know, he's well-known, community icon, you know, legendary basketball player throughout the city, hip-hop artist, you know, motivator, stuff he's doing. People are looking at for opportunities to do so-called negative things and stuff of that nature, but I think he deserves to be recognized um, because what he's doing, he's organizing his platform to have people in the community gather to all the business, all the black businesses that's been destroyed and clean those businesses up free of charge, no, no nothing, nothing on the back end, just taking care of the community. See, that type of behavior and that type of leadership needs to be reciprocated throughout the community because when we see those things, it shows there's people in the community that's of notary position in a community, as far as being having an ear to the street in the community, knowing what the community wants, knowing what the community lacks, and knowing what they're saying. So he's actually uh, doing that with the city of Philadelphia. They actually honored him, the police department honored him for his work over the past 15 years. He's been doing many different things. But the thing is, certain platforms won't put those things out because it gives aspirations for others to do the same. They don't want the community to take care of itself. Because therefore, no one's needed at that point from the outside to control it, and that brings unity. And with mm-hmm. unity is the real estate of of a revolution, basically. So that's what's
0: up, man. Yeah, salute, salute, man. And prop, big props to him, man, for doing that, man. And like you said, unfortunately, those kind of things don't get put on the pedestal. They're rather, oh, uh, there was another murder tonight.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, for example. Where I work, you know, at my, my job, I'm in full uniform. The uniform shows exactly where I work and stuff of that nature. It's a very well-known place. I'm not going to get into that for obvious reasons. But anyway, um, people, I noticed a difference. People look at me and they cross the street. They, you know, they go in different directions. Ever since the so-called looting started, you know, so they make it appear as if they're demon, they're not appear. they are. They're demonifying us to make it seem as if we're aggressive animals and stuff of that nature. So, and other people fall for it. You know, and as Kate said, well, my friend's this, my friend's that. If you notice, the same excuse every single time is, "I'm not racist. My friend's black." Just like Brother Malcolm said, I think there are some sincere people that feel our uh, our pain and what we're doing, our not our struggle, our uh, this 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 legal lynching academy they're having all throughout the country, all these hundreds of years. But I think they should prove it. You can prove by standing front line in front of everybody, you know. And if they decide to push on people, you know they're gonna beat the brothers and sisters up. Stand in front, see if they hit you with a club or gas you. That's like I'm. I'm just keeping it real. If you really there, be all the way in. I was at a protest. I could tell you exactly where it was located in Oakland. It was at Eighth and Clay. There's an African market there. It's called Man Must Walk. Very beautiful restaurant. I mean, a supermarket. I get all my things there. You know. Anything you need to get from Caribbean food, African food, go there. Ethan Clay, Oakland, California. Now, I noticed something. There was one, one white girl, and she was very, very emotional. And she she has taken control of the entire protest in that location. She said, I'm sick and tired of seeing all these black people on the front line stating about their passions and how they feel about the injustice. And all you white people in the back, waving signs in the back. So when the police start to beat them up, you have the hands starting to run. That's what's wrong with this country now. Y'all need to be up here and they should be in the back. When she said that, I said, you're invited to the barbecue. <laughs>
0: See, that, that's worthy. That's worthy to get the invite. Not doing no dumbass dance. But exactly. knowing, knowing that some was American crazy. Song. Right. That was crazy. But anyway yeah Damn, that's what's up. Yeah, that's show and prove, man. That's what they got to do. And I've also seen di- di- different people
2: out there. Because like I said, I don't castigate anyone. I look at people individually. When I see people do things not for sport, not to be recognized for it, I, I respect that. Just we were talking about reality childs. He's not going around telling everybody, what he's. oh, look at this, and bragging. He's trying to get community together so we can do it together. Not I did this, you know? That's that's the beautiful thing about
1: it. That's what it's about. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Cause it's like like you know, you know that everybody isn't one way, but it's like you have to show me you have to show show by your actions because you can have a bunch of snakes coming at you. I can't tell which one is not poisonous. So, I can't stop defending myself from all the snakes coming unless you show me who you are. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that might not have been the best analogy, but you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: that was beautiful. It's the same thing (laughs) Dr. Ben (laughs) said.
0: Yeah, like, you can't, you can't, like, just do that. You can't just, I see all these people. Y'all look exactly the same way. Y'all all Mm -hmm. all coming at me, Mm -hmm. but I can't differentiate you just by seeing you. Like, it's something that you have to show me. So then I can say, ah, like you just said, yeah, you're invited. But it can't just be like, uh, oh, I'm I'm so disappointed. This makes me sad. But then you don't do anything to back up those words. It's like you just you just saying it, just to say it because it's the right thing to do.
1: Right. And it, I'm glad you brought that up, trying to differentiate. So, Wally, you out there in, in Oaktown? Yeah. You've been out there. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of differentiate, who, based off the news, let's say I'm a 70-year-old man just living in a house by myself. I know nothing about the internet. I get all my news from the television.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm looking, I'm seeing the protesters, or in my mind, as the 70-year-old man, protesters. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing is rioting. Mm-hmm. So... How do I differentiate? Who, who is starting this, the rioting? Um, you mentioned before about the whole setup with the bricks being put into these um, areas where people are protesting. Mm-hmm. Who are the agitators? I, I know you have firsthand experience. Can you explain
2: that? Absolutely. The agitators are people that's not even from Oakland, California. I have an inside source in, Oakland, in the Oakland Police Department, a person who has arrested 77 people or during that time. And also, they said 60% of the people that they arrested are not from Oakland, California. They're from Fresno, Bakersfield, Sacramento, you know, uh, places way out in the valley somewhere that have no business coming here. Now, the second part of that, the people that they arrested with weapons on them, with a hammer or anything of that blunt object that can do some damage, Mm -hmm. each person was not from Oakland. None of them. Now, one incident that happened in 2016 that I was at a protest, and I personally believe police officers are involved in this. Now, this is my evidence. In 2016, there was a protest in Oakland located at 14th and Broadway. Traveled down to the highway, and I was there, and it went down to the Oakland Police Department. There was a gentleman smashing a bunch of car windows. I was there. I've seen it with my own two eyes smashing a bunch of car windows, and I'm going to bring it forth now, so I'm not digressing. So we smashed a bunch of windows. We turned around and said, what's that noise? So we see the gentleman smashing windows. He had a T-shirt wrapped around his head. So mm-hmm. we looked at him walking towards him like, what are you doing? He ran straight towards the police station. There was the line of police officers like this, and where my head is would be the police station where a person would walk in. My hands are lines of police officers. This guy was running towards them, away from us, and what did they do? They opened up like a garage door and then closed. They never turned around to look to see what was or anything. That's telling me that there's people in law enforcement inciting these things. And not just that. A lot of these white businesses in Chicago and in Oakland, they're paying people to destroy their own businesses for insurance purposes. And they're also paying people to firebomb those things. How do I know this? Because in Chicago, two people was arrested. In Oakland, California, they had the owner himself film saying, get that, get that, get that, throw the fire in. So now this is the strategic economic warfare that's happening between our African communities. The average African community's overhead for a storefront is astronomically high in comparison to a European's overhead with their business. Now, being though we're supplying our own, you know, uh, businesses and stuff of that nature, we supporting, me, supporting our own businesses. Rand they're able to stay afloat just a bit, but the overhead, they have to charge significantly a lot more. So chances are to have fire insurance or a certain amount of damage insurance, the average black business can't afford it or not thinking to get that much uh, insurance because of the overhead. Now, the other side of the coin, the second of three sides, the head side of the coin I'm going to talk about now, these white businesses that's hiring people to destroy their own businesses and inciting people to destroy their own business. Once they get that insurance check, they get not only amount to fix the store, that gives them extra money to open other businesses that, the, that was forced the black businesses to close down. So now they're expanding the so-called empire by owning everything. Now, what, what, what do we have that's black owned? Nothing. They control the entire community. So it's not just... It's not uh, gentrification, they call it. It's modern-day segregation. That's what's happening.
0: Wow, that's crazy. That's,
2: that's crazy. You know, from that economic
1: standpoint, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I didn't even look at it like that because, yeah, your business could be worth uh, maybe a, a couple hundred thousand, but your insurance is for, like, a couple million. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you take that money and you split, and you can even diversify to where you have, this town, that town. Meanwhile, the black businesses in those areas. Now it's on record as a riot area. So now it's going to cost more to even rebuild in that same location. I didn't even, you just brought that to my attention. And I, I, I didn't even take that into consideration until you brought that up.
2: It's the same thing that happened in Tusla. When they said, uh, during, during that time, they were saying, well, hold on. Well, even, even even before that, when the uh, desegregation thing happened, I, I, I think it was 1954, desegregation. Now, to put it out there to say, well, we have these hotels, You can we can stay in those hotels and they're white-owned hotels. We're equal just like them. We're just like them. Who is anyone to say anyone is equal to who? Who's in that superiority point to, to, to differentiate that? That's the first. That's the tip of the iceberg. Now it's about to get real Titanic on you. So what I'm saying is that the back end of that, as we go to support those stores, laundromats, what happened? We're leaving our stores, our restaurants, our supermarkets, our laundromats. Now that business is going under, and the white business is getting wealthy and wealthy and wealthier. When people get wealthy, what do they do? They get they expand what do they do? They route right back around to those areas and buy up those businesses. And the first thing black people say, so-called black people say, and we're trained to say is, well, black people don't support black businesses and white people have everything. Why? Because we fall for the banana and a tailpipe every time support your own businesses, not saying you don't have to support another one. If you want to buy something, from there, fine, but support your own businesses first because they have it a lot easier than you do. I know people that own clubs here in Oakland, and they tell me what their overhead is. I'm like, wow, that's why I have to charge $30 to watch a free basketball game.
0: Wow. Damn, the game is crazy, man. It's, it's it's mad rigged.
1: And and I don't know, I don't know what your experiences are, but I've I've noticed um with with people I consider friends growing up, some Caucasian friends, they would be like, I remember I would go to the barbershop, and I lived in Marlton area of New Jersey at the time. So there weren't no black barbershops in that area. So you're either going to Camden or Willingboro, which is a hike, but you had to do what you had to do. So I would go to Willingboro for my haircuts. One of my white friends, he said, well, why did you go all the way out there? We have barbershops here. I said, well, first of all, they don't know how to cut black hair. He's like, man you, man, you racist. Literally, he called me racist because I'm going to support a black business. And that's what they do. They like to guilt you into that. They say, oh, why do you always got to bring up race? They say that anytime you say, oh, a black-owned business. Like, I'm sure some people looked at that post where I was promoting um, Reality Childs,
2: uh-huh.
1: saying that he's going to um, – Helping the cleanup efforts. And I'm sure some of my white friends, or who I believe are my friends, they may not necessarily be friends, because a friend would understand. They're probably looking at that saying, Man, this guy, everything he posts is just black, black, black. He's racist. But they don't see it when they promote their businesses. I even seen this one time, this one dude was asking for a landscaper. This this female asked for a landscaper. This is back in my high school um high school uh facebook friends asking for a landscaper and then somebody promoted their buddy and then they said yeah and they're not mexicans and i was like they're not mexicans this is somebody who and it's the same person that called me racist mind you wow about the barbershop and this is that's the first thing he said oh yeah this is a good company and they're not they're not mexicans so I don't think they see, they, they too busy doing this where they don't see what's in the mirror. Exactly. Same thing. You do the same exact thing. And like you said, we, we have to promote, 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 to use our own businesses. Um, I just, like I said, I just started banking with one United bank. It's the largest African-American owned bank in the U S and like I said, I just got to, we just need to make a conscious effort to start doing that. I know I also go to the African markets anytime I need something. I try, to, if I'm gonna eat fast food or whatever, I go to Jamaican takeout. So these efforts that I'm making, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. But at the same time, we have to hold those businesses accountable because if they're not spending the money within the community, it defeats exactly. the
2: purpose. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a hell of a point right there. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because our, our dialogue only stays in our community on average six hours.
1: That's, put, like, that's pathetic. That's pitiful.
0: A- yeah, and it's... Um, damn, I was going to make a point about something you said. Oh, yeah, about the racism thing when they point. I'm like, I got a couple points with that. First of all, racism is American through and through. Like, this is part of the fabric and everything. Secondly, it's almost like they get so excited when they have an opportunity to call someone black a racist. That's and, true. and I'm like, you're, you're so happy to do this, but in all actuality, we can't be racist. Mm-hmm. We can be prejudiced, but we don't have, we don't have the power, the systemic power in this country to oppress anybody. So we Say can, be,
3: again, we, we can Say be,
0: we, we can definitely be prejudiced against people, but we can't be racist. It's like, it's not possible. So I don't, they, they just get this, I don't know. And they, they, they get this excitement. Like, ah, I have my opportunity. You're a racist. And then they do that. And then if you come back with some, some facts, they just keep using the same word. Well, well, you're, you're still racist. And then they try to use some kind of dictionary definition that they find somewhere that says, Ha, ah, they're, they're the same thing. Like, no, it's not. I don't know where you found that at. I don't know what kind of thing that you just typed up and shared the screenshot, but it's definitely, it's definitely not the same thing. Like it, it does, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like for you to think for you to even call someone black or melaninated uh, a racist, it shows how shallow and idiotic you are at the end of the day. Like that, that's denying the whole history of America. everything has been done like how can you even work that to come out of your mouth like you're racist knowing everything it's too much information out here for you to not know what we've been through and for you to still say you're racist
2: well how about this when i hear people say it to me i look at first of all Learn what the word means. When there's a suffix on something, it means you're proficient at it. Just like when someone has, if I play the piano, I'm a pianist. You know what I'm saying? I'm a violinist. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the first thing right there. Second thing is this. Like you said, uh, to be, to, to be uh, racist, as they will put it, it has to be an infrastructure of power, economic power, you know, political power, social power. You know, because that means you have the power to bar someone from doing something. For example, I'm the hottest rapper in whatever city. And James, you're the bigger rapper in another city. But I'm coming up on you, your fame. You know, I'm taking a lot of your fans. But you have that infrastructure power in the industry. You can shut the whole front door on my album being released. Because you have that power to do so, the infrastructure. The new guy that's coming up, trying to get to your point, which will be us. We can never get to that point because we don't have the power to bar anybody from anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who's had a at your
0: yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely true, man. It's, it's, it all comes down to that power. Like, just just take this is just one small sliver, but just look at it, redlining. That's it. Exactly, real estate redlining. Like, you know? if you look at that one facet, which is still happening to this day, mm-hmm. that's the perfect system of racism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It holds us back. It it pushes us into these certain areas, which is the reason that zip codes were created, so mm-hmm. you know who's where and to keep them there. So, yeah.
2: Central Park used to be a black neighborhood, a so-called black neighborhood. They just dist- Destroyed it just to make a park out of it in New York. Did you know that?
0: No, nah, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. That,
2: that whole thing used to be an entire black neighborhood. They said, you know what? I'm not even going to repeat what they would say, but they just said, we're going to destroy this and get them up out of here. Burned them out, destroyed it, leveled it, and made a park out of it. Where people lived, not a slum, so-called, or a place where people were raping or killing people or in, in, in so-called drugs, whatever that means, and all these things. They just destroyed it because we were living there and made a park out of it. They
0: That's are crazy, experts. man.
2: The it's, system is experts. I, thought, I always at find displacing it, people. Yeah. yeah, I was just
1: gonna say. I always find it ironic. Now you brought that up. You brought up Tuscula and then uh, Rosewood and now Central Park.
3: You hear these places, and why is it all right when they use violence to get what they wanted? black but I'm like what does that even mean
2: you know
0: <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, I hear that too often and most of the time I hear from our own people
2: that's very and, much true
0: and I'm like I don't I don't see how that's possible because you don't you don't tell any other group they're they're too Asian or they're too white you never say that but when we just show pride in ourselves and want to support our people, then we're then we're like kind of shamed into like you know trying to shift our mindset and shift our passion and stuff like like I feel like we're we're like the only group that that happens to, and it's like a concerted targeted effort to like make it like that to keep us divided, to keep us having to come back to the well and never never even think to dig and build our own well.
2: Exactly. <laughs> one of the principal reasons they made sure they got rid of the, the Honorable Marcus Garvey because he was teaching it heavily. So
0: yeah.
2: if, if we, man, that's the thing, the unity factor is the one that we're missing because once we have that unity, they find ways to divide us. Oh, Africans don't like black people. They're the same people, that's one. Hmm. Two, when I was in Africa, I was treated, the first thing, every village I went to, every city I went to, every part of the country I was in when I was in Kemet doing my research, you know, everyone said, oh, my long lost brother, welcome home. And they weren't trying to ask me for stuff. Not everybody. More Mm -hmm. of them, the larger percentage was giving me hugs and wanting to carry my luggage and my bags and wanting to carry my water, not for profit, but the fact that I came home. Yeah. So people don't know that, that these things. So the narrative, you ask them, who said that? I ask them this. How many times have you heard a person that was born and raised in Africa call you a African American booty scratcher? I'll wait on that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So who put
2: that, in, who put that in there? You know, so being on, they put that in there successfully kept us divided. These are the principal reasons why we should be getting together and learn our culture to understand that cultural gap that needs to be sewn back into place. Once we Mm -hmm. have that, we have a greater appreciation of ourselves. Once we have that, we could deliver stronger messages that will penetrate the toxic societies that we grow up in that's forced upon us. Once it's forced upon us, we look at things a little differently and say, you know what? I've seen this before, so I can get around that. Just like they teach us to go to school in these so-called places of indoctrination. They say, well, hmm, go to school so you can get a job. Go to college so you can get a job. Why not be an entrepreneur?
3: Exactly. But, they don't,
2: but that keeps them a part of the system. They want a big extension plug, everything plugged into each other. And when things start to erode and explode, then they say it's too many things together.
0: Yeah. So what does exactly. that
2: do? Separation. So once we understand these things, the first process, I think, is the anger process, being upset. Why? I didn't know these things. But being though I know these things now, and the little I know now, I'm past the upset stage. Now, I'm I'm inspired to learn more, to find out more ways to help my people. Dr. Yusuf Ben-Yekinen, the honorable ancestor, he taught for 20 years at Malcolm King College for free, a course on Egyptology. His expertise work that's been teaching the world for over 60 years. That's (laughs) crazy. People like that should be superstars in our communities. They should be leaders on elder councils to bring us into to, into the consciousness of who we are and what we need to do to dodge these barriers. But we're not taught that. We are our parents' children. And what I mean by that as far as under this uh, regime that they call America, you know? I'm not saying it's bad, I'm not saying it's good. I'm pointing out what's happening that's blatant. Yeah. So these are things that people are afraid to say. And I say these things because I feel that I know it should be said. And our young black boys and young black girls, and if they want to use that word, should see these things and wonder why I don't know about certain people or certain things that have been done. Wonder why uh, I'm forced to get in this program and it's not happening to other people. It's Mm -hmm. a system that needs to be scrapped.
0: Definitely. And, um, you know, you were talking about what we're taught. And, how, and what where you know what i'm saying you're forced to go through school so then not only are you in debt but then it kind of gets you into this kind of slavery mode where you have to work because if you don't work then you you're, you're kind of trapped so it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't they don't teach that independence that want to do for self and do for your community and go after that you know, building something for the community. They want you to know, come work for us, we'll pay you pennies on a dollar. And then majority of your money you gotta go back to what you went to school for anyway, because you gotta pay that loan off. And it's it's crazy. And even if even something small that a lot of people ignore, the map of the world, they always make Africa like it's this small continent. Africa is way bigger than what they they put on that that little map, mm-hmm. their thing is it's all about social conditioning you it minimizes Africa, so when you look at it, you' like oh it's it's just this country like it's nothing special about it. like why would I want to go there? You see images on t v they show they show like stuff that isn't desirable to anyone. they don't show the beautiful stuff they show they show the stuff that they know gonna make our people in our community be like. Oh, I don't want to go there. Like, I don't, I don't want to even have no connection to it. Like most people don't even admit to being, having any African in them or being African period. So it's like right then and there, we're disconnected spiritually. Like we don't have any kind of spiritual, spiritual connection to where we came from and because everybody wants to be a goddamn American. And what does that mean? Well, how about this?
2: Look at things because it's African, it's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Look yeah. at the COVID, uh, uh, I don't want to say serum, or uh, they, they developed in Madagascar. Since it's from Africa, the CDC said, well, it's not approved by the CDC, as if they run the whole damn world.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, see what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
2: Because it didn't come from Europe. And they said 80% success rate. You know that was, right. that was the yeah. money thing,
1: because yeah then they would have to put pump money into Madagascar. That's all that was about
0: oh, yeah exactly. they're yeah, they not they not trying to do that they they like the uh, rape and pillage they don't like the gift
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's what they do like like you said um even in i, I mean you the, the thing that the Africans of the United States need to ask themselves is. Why do they want me to disassociate with Africa? Period. There's a reason behind it. And it's like like you said, they show you the poverty. That's the first thing they'll always point to. Poverty, poverty, poverty. Mm-hmm. If you've been to some in particular Nigerian weddings, you'd be like, where's this poverty that they speak about? Exactly. And let's just go to any type of especially Nigerian party, you'll be wondering, you go to parts of Lagos, Banana Island, Victoria Island, you'll be wondering, wait a minute, this place has got more money than Beverly Hills. hmm And then, if you look at parts of Europe, case in point, let's take like um, France. The focus is Paris. But do they show you the rest of France, like that eastern side? They never show you even eastern Europe there's a reason mm-hmm. they don't promote that look at the poverty that it's extreme poverty in eastern europe extreme yeah. but they never promote that they just want to promote uh eiffel tower uh, let's go to rome italy um, let's go to london england those are the places that they focus on and mm-hmm. when it comes when it comes to they don't even give us respect as to break down our countries they just say africa period that's why anytime somebody travels, they'd be like, Oh, I'm going to France. I say, Oh, how was your trip to Europe? I won't acknowledge you because <laughs> guess what? When they were not acknowledge he going to Nigeria, they say, Oh, you going to Africa. No, I say, I'm going to Nigeria. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference. So I give them the same, I speak their lingo. And so it once it starts frustrating them, maybe they'll understand and maybe they'll change their behavior. That's, that's not I think sometimes you have. People say you can't fight fire with fire, but that's indeed what firefighters do when they're fighting forest fires, wildfires. They mm-hmm. have to fight fire with fire because it works. And I feel that that's, that's the mentality we need to start using. You can't say, oh, um, no disrespect to Michelle Obama. I think she's an incredible woman. But with that whole speech about when they go low, we go high. Nah, we going to limbo. That's how I'm going to
0: do. Yeah, exactly. It don't it don't work, sense. man. It don't it don't work the like just, you know, this peaceful stuff. People been I've been hearing all that stuff. Yeah, we this this isn't the way it should be peaceful. Like, how do you know that it's not peaceful? You're not out there. You just you just watching the news and just going based on that. Just uh the few images they showing, of supposed looters. How do you, how do you how, how do you know it's not peaceful right now? If you're not there, like Wale's been there in the trenches.
2: Yeah. And, and I noticed that, like I said, only those agitators, the ones that had, the, they showed up prepared. Have you ever seen like a guy doing some type of like, you know, spray painting? Like, you know, somebody hired them and they're doing yeah. some type of artwork and he have all the little holsters around their waist to switch cans and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These guys had those and they had T-shirts wrapped around their heads. They're the only ones out there that had T-shirts wrapped around their heads. But they were they were trying to disperse themselves not so close to each other to seem obvious but I'm seeing that they're the only ones and then the crowd followed them after they started it. Like when they stole that <laughs> somebody was driving the, the, the construction the forklift, forklift thing. <laughs> what, what do you call it? I, like a forklift. Little thing. Yeah, that, that big thing. <laughs> <When someone> st- <laughs> that was crazy, man. <laughs> Well, somebody stole it and, and rammed it. That was one of the guys with the T-shirts, rammed it into the place, and then jumped out, and everybody ran in. That was to was, was incite that, that little that situation so the news can cover that and spray it as if this is the entire city. But they're not showing exactly who's doing it. That's the part that's crazy to me. You know, yeah, they're not yeah. even putting that. what are these bricks doing in a place that I've lived for seven years, and I've
0: never tripped on a pebble?
2: This is the whole brick we
0: talking about. Yeah. I posted something on um Instagram the other day. Somebody walking down the street filming, and there was these metal containers at this bus stop. It was just filled with bricks. Like exactly. it was it was seven of them. It was nobody out there though. This person was the only person walking out there. It wasn't even in no cars. Mm-hmm. It was just these containers of bricks strategically placed. And I'm like, it, did, it wasn't no construction, like Wally said, no construction anywhere. It was just there. And I'm like, you see this stuff, and then you're still in denial about what's going on. You tell somebody, if you look at these videos, you can see who's actually inciting this stuff. Because when they, when they smash these windows, conveniently, you see them walk away. Exactly. You don't, you, don't, you don't see them run into the building with the people. You see them smash and they conveniently walk away. But what's been happening is that when these people have been smashing the windows, I'm sure while they can attest to this, some people have been confronting them and, get, and catching them on video and stuff like that and surrounding them. So the storm has been coming down on them so they haven't been able to get away with it like they have in the past because people are more aware. One person paid for it royally.
2: You know, I had nothing to do with it, obviously, but um, when they were uh, someone, that person was breaking a bunch of uh, windows to restaurants and one person stopped and he turned around and said, what's that noise? And we all turned around and we seen the guy that's breaking it. When he saw that, when he noticed that we noticed him, uh, he said, oh, no, no, I thought we were starting down here. He said, we, the other gentleman that was with us said, we're not doing that, that's not why we're here. He said, well, you know, well, I thought we, that's, that's, what, that's what y'all wanted me to do. Y'all wanted me to do. Who nobody knows this guy, so they chased him down and he had a long, a long conversation with him, a deep conversation with him. So you know, and it's- you know, there's reports.
1: Another thing we need to be mindful of: um, these these neo-Nazi groups, these are uh, white white nationalists, white supremacists, mm-hmm. They're they're infiltrating that. They're the ones infiltrating. It's not all Antifa at the same time. It's mm-hmm. these people coming in there doing this to incite the ongoing race war. So mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're coming in there, they're doing this. And like you said, they're splitting. They ain't staying. They ain't hanging out. They said, all right, let's do this. We're going to have these people. You know, the, the people that are desperate or whatever, they're going to go do what they want to do. They're going to go loot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're going in there causing this drama. Then they're sitting back. Then they're the same ones going online. Like, look at these N-words. This mm-hmm. is what it's all about. It ain't about no protest. Because the main thing you hear people, what does this have to do with um George, um, George Floyd? What does this have to do? That's the question that they bring up. And the thing is, that has nothing to do with it to a degree. But the overall thing, because the police system is part of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. It does. It correlates in the sense that these people are coming in here strategically, getting dropped off in vans, starting this, going back into their vans, and disappearing. Because, like you said, they're coming out there with their face wrap. Yeah, we're in a time where everybody's wearing a mask, but most of these people doing that, like you said, they're disguising themselves. They're coming in and they out. They just amongst the crowds doing what they need to do, and they out and what it's doing is it's shining a bad light on the whole protest because it's the fact that people are associating all these vandals with the protesters and like i said it's strategic they're doing exactly what they what they intended to do which is take the attention off of the good we're doing and then focusing it on the distractors but guess who's the agitators they are coming in there they are doing it so like you said, that one video in Minnesota, was it Minnesota with that police officer? His own um, ex-wife confirmed that that was him. She's like, that's my gas mask. They found the text messages and everything.
0: Oh yeah, the he, one that had the umbrella?
1: Yep, he had the umbrella and the gas mask.
0: That was a know. police
1: officer, Minnesota police officer. Oh. He went there start tagging the, um, what was it, like an AutoZone or something.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's been confirmed he's a police officer. So like we were saying, these are undercovers coming in there. We don't know if they're on or off duty. They could, be, they could possibly be paid to do this. And like you said, it's also for insurance purposes. You know what? This business ain't doing too well. I want to get out of this neighborhood. All right, I got you. Don't worry. The police know it's me, so I'm not going to get arrested. And we'll just, it, it's all strategic. It's just a way to maintain the whole power structure in the United States. Buy Perfect around.
2: opportunity for insurance fraud.
3: Mhm, yep. and that's
1: exactly the right word—fraud. It's insurance fraud because mm-hmm. it's not legitimate. Not legitimate. Mm.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, this is um, you know, it's been a great discussion, great, great conversation. Um, I just want to ask one more question. Um, what do you want to see come out of this uprising? Like, what's what do you see as the the ultimate result that can come from this?
2: I would like to think that the best result, one of the best results, because I'm not gonna say the best, one of the best results that I think that can come of this is a sign of unity. Us coming together, supporting our own businesses, getting things organized in our communities, cleaning up our communities, ourselves, in which I work with a group called, a a corporation called um, Urban Relief. Just like a leaf on a tree, that relief, not relief the other way. Nope. So, and we cleaned up multiple different sections throughout Oakland, California, about 40 blocks in one direction, 40 blocks in another direction, on both sides of the street. We plant trees throughout the city. You know, uh, we do we do uh, street cleanings, plant trees, mentorships, at-risk youth. We're basically teaching them the science of botany, basically, literally. So taking the, kids, the children that are at risk or the one, the underprivileged, and inserting them in these programs to put them back in the community. From this, we see we have that unity. We can bring them all together, meaning the community, and say what, we, what some people once destroyed, we can rebuild with our unity and continue to start you know can tr- taking our community back. That's what I think that can happen the co- we'll start the conversation
0: definitely
1: yeah, yeah you definitely need an end game with this and uh, programs such as what you just described also i get yeah, black economics needs to come out of this as well it's like we see all of this cuz that's what i asked myself i said all right once all of this is done i give it about another week once the protesting is completed. Completed in a sense of we're not seeing this whole martial law thing take place. Um, there needs to be an objective afterwards. But, and Like you said, the, the main goal is unity to where we're on the same page as, all right, James mentioned in earlier episodes, neighborhood policing. I think that's a big factor that needs to come out of this. Mm-hmm. I think groups such as like you know, the um, Fruit of Islam. You know mm-hmm. how they have in New York. What do they got? What do they call those people? Them angels? I, yeah, I
2: don't hell God. God. Uh, Um.
1: Uh. Them red berets.
2: Yeah. Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. They walked all the subways and the streets at nighttime on different sh- I know you're talking right. about. the uh, Guardian yeah. angels, I think. But guardian I angels. Know. That's the name. Oh, guardian right. angels.
1: Yeah. Right. So we, we need something similar to that. And like I said, it can start with, I know we spoke on block captains, but if that block captain isn't well equipped to handle a, um, a duty such as that, then they need to give up that title because a block captain actually needs to police that block. and there needs to be some type of, um, some type of communication amongst block captains to make sure, that we're policing our own because trying to trust the police after all of this, um, good luck with that. Not that we trust them to begin with, but we're gonna be dealing with a whole nother beast. Mm-hmm. So we need to look out for our own. So I think that's like a major thing. I think once we can have control of our, of our communities, I think from there, we start trusting one another again. And then we also start supporting one another. So I think that's what needs to come out of
0: this as well. Yeah, definitely some good points. Um to add to that, I think that um we need to find self-love because unfortunately it's a lot of like ha- hatred of self that goes on in our community. And this is it's like it's something that was instilled in mo- most people from a young age and they just never got rid of it. So mm-hmm. self-love is important. Um, As we mentioned before, staying on code and, you know, supporting one another and not being so quick to tear each other down and being divisive Um, definitely need to work on that and just um, moving forward on one accord, being unified, even if you don't understand something, being able to talk to each other and gain that understanding so we can still move forward. I think that's, that's very important. So I think uh, all of that on top of everything that you both said needs to come out of this. And um, I spoke to uh, Kay about something, but I'm going to talk to you uh, offline about something while
3: they're
0: going to be uh, working on too, that I think will be very important. Cool, cool, cool.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to be sending you some footage, live footage, you know, Oh, what was happening in Oakland, I'm going to email it to you. Just, uh, send me your, you know, when you, when, you, when you holler at me later on, send me your email address. I'll I email you all these things. I'll send it to you on a book, for you to snatch it off of there. And okay. um, we'll see what was happening, and you'll see what we were discovering. So, it's, uh, yeah.
0: Wow, yeah, that's, yeah, I look forward to seeing that, man. Yeah. And I just, like, salute to you, man. Thank you for being, you know, in the trenches out here, like, putting oh, in work, man. Yep. What's
2: all good man God protect the community I take care of the community
0: Definitely man
1: and, and I hope to I hope that you can join us On the regular as well brother
2: Yeah definitely Definitely You know uh, my schedule I, I'm getting my new schedule To end the next month Well suppo- allegedly <laughs> So what happens And I'll, let, I'll let, definitely let you know You know uh, And I'll definitely be on As much as possible You know I really appreciate The, uh, the invite And uh, I definitely try my best To make it back as more As much as often
0: yeah, definitely, man. You always welcome man. Appreciate
2: it. All right, bro. Peace Kings.
0: Peace, All man. Right.
1: And um I think J- Wally's got a couple connections. Like um J Um if he has availability, since he does from like a photography stance and he's he's got a lot of connections, I think he'd be like a nice resource for this as well. Um like you know, we're trying to get we can even throw them up in a banner or whatever. So, like I said, we're just trying to put on for our people. You feel me?
2: Yeah. I'm already making a list of the names of the black businesses. I'll talk to you off camera.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. So, yeah.
1: So, we just do stuff like that.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh rap about it. I'm going to get J-Mall TV on here, too. Jay J-Mall TV, I'm definitely going to have more here.
2: I'm going to organize it. You know, I'm going to holler at y'all. Miranda, so he's going to be on here. He could tell everything he's seen because he has a lot more information on Urban Relief Program and a bunch of other things because he's from Oakland, comes from a a family, is well-known and stuff like that nature, specifically on activism, you know, stuff like that. So I contact him, and I definitely have more here, and that would be great so people could see him that's really there doing all the stuff as far as gathering information
0: as well. So that's going to be good. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Appreciate that, man. All right, so we want to end with a powerful video for parents in our community who may need to help having that talk with their children. I hope this helps, and thank you for joining us once again on the Liberated Mind show. Be safe, and remember to stay on cold. One accord, one love.
2: Dear child. Dear child. Dear child. The reason we have to have this talk is because
0: you are a black child in America.
1: I need you to know that, man, there's so many things going on in the world.
2: I won't lie to you, you're going to see some things that are going to break you down. It's going to hurt. I know how hard it is for you to see yourself in the place of Tamir Rice.
1: So I need you to always be prepared and always be on your guard. And it takes away from
2: you being a little kid, I know. But I'm trying to protect you right now. If you are approached
1: by police,
2: just stay calm.
1: Don't fight back. Don't give any rebuttals. You have to understand, if you want to stay alive, you have to do what they say because it could be the difference between me seeing you again and not seeing you again
2: sad to say sometimes it may not even work i'm just going to be honest it may not work at all um i'm sorry (sighs) i know it's tough
1: and i know it sounds really scary
2: but it's not your fault
1: We live in a society that is geared that we do not
2: succeed. It is put together. It is constructed in such a way that we fail. And you have to be greater than all of that. Always stand with your head up and your shoulders back and be proud, and you are a warrior. Always know that
1: you are intelligent, beautiful, bright, and you have a future. You have inherent worth
3: in this society.
1: And above all else, You're my son.
3: Regardless of what happens,
2: because I don't know what's going to happen today, tomorrow, whatever, just don't change. Don't change and be proud of who you are.
1: I love you with all that I am. I will teach you how to walk in this life. You don't have anything to be afraid of.
2: We'll get through this and don't you ever, ever, ever blame yourself for what others do.
3: I love you, I believe in you, and I believe that others just like you, who hold on to their light, together,
2: you all will change the world.
0: Generation ...under so much pressure, held to a standard, impossible to measure, without guys, they suffer, no father in sight, uh, no love from their mother, not defend, for the one in the mirror, self-image distorted, can't get no clear damn, lost souls devoured by the streets, ain't no fairy tale or yellow rips, body feet, only crack vials and shell casings, looking for hope, but...